0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. This is Albert Hardy, your host. I want to talk to you today about peace, world peace, and how it will come to this earth. We're going to look into some prophecies that you may never have seen before. I know I say that a lot, but I like to dig them out and Get these little gems and jewels that God has put in his word for us to know the future. And there is a glorious future coming to this earth, but it'll get a lot worse before it gets better. And so we've got to be prepared. Did not Jesus himself say, see that your hearts be not troubled? Let's take a look at that. In Matthew 24 let's start in verse 4 Jesus told them don't let anyone mislead you for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah they will deceive many and you will hear of wars and threats of wars but don't panic yes these things must take place but the end won't follow immediately unquote. Now this was from the NLT, the New Living Translation, which I normally like a whole lot. It's my favorite. But other translations put it like this, and you will hear of wars and r- rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. That's Partially King James, I think, and also New King James. I'm here to say that we will not get away unpersecuted. And I know that many people don't want to hear that. They want to hear that we'll be raptured out of here. Well, uh, there's a long way to go to try to defeat that because when the left-behind series came out it was so popular that it was just crazy and the whole church liked it so much they adopted it fiction as if it were gospel the truth the real truth and nothing but but I went to Orlando to talk to Jerry Jenkins And ask him, point blank, did you write this? Did you flesh this out? See, it was Tim LaHaye's idea. It wasn't Jerry Jenkins. Now, Jerry Jenkins is an author's teacher. He is very sharp on teaching people how to write their books. And I met him, and I talked to him. I shook his hand, and I asked him, point blank, did you write this series based on the Bible or on fiction? And he said, Fiction. But people don't want to believe it's fiction. He didn't say that. I say that. They don't want to believe the truth of the Bible. They want to believe their fiction. They want to believe their fiction as if it were real, but it's not real. Look at verse 9. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. That doesn't sound much like a fun rapture to me. Then you will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Now, what's the purpose of us as God's believers going through that? Well, we'll try to touch on that a little bit. You will be hated all over the world because you're my followers and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. That's verse 11, Matthew 24. So what's the purpose then of being persecuted and troubled like this? I'm going to take you to Daniel chapter 12 for a second Jeremiah Ezekiel Daniel we're about to get a thunderstorm I see here but we'll keep going as long as we can this is an angel speaking on God's behalf to Daniel verse 9 says in Daniel 12 But he said, Go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Now, I believe we're in that time. He said, Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. Whoa! But the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. Dropping down to verse 12, and blessed are those who wait and remain till the end of the 1335 days. But as for you, Daniel, go your way to the end, and you will rest. And then, at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your inheritance, the one set aside for you. Do we really think we know the way to peace? Do you? Could you tell someone if they ask you that? What's the way to peace? What would you tell them? Listen to what Isaiah says in chapter 59. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. But your sins have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he's turned away and will not listen anymore. Well, hopefully that's not talking about you, because you are following God. You are trying to get his message in your heart. And that's why you study the Bible and listen to prophecy. But dropping down to verse 8, here's what he says. They don't know where to find peace or what it means just to be or to be just and to do good. They have mapped out crooked roads and no one who follows them will know a moment's peace. Well, I'm going to tell you what the way to peace is. I'm going to show you from the lips of Jesus himself. This is Matthew chapter 5, and starting in verse 43. You have heard in the law that it says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends... How are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. In chapter 7 of Matthew, in verse 12, we read these words, spoken by Jesus, of course. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the Law and the Prophets. Look, it's like this, if we all did that, if we all were more concerned about our neighbor's best interests than we are getting what we want in particular, we would have peace, but it takes two. It takes both of us wanting the other's best interests. That's the way to peace. I wanna to read to you a quote from a booklet that I've got in my hand here and this was put out by the United Church of God and it's out of Cincinnati, Ohio but I really like what they're saying here and I want to quote it so I'm just going to use little excerpts of it I highly recommend you get a hold of them and see if you uh, approve of what they say I like it pretty much Human history is, at its core, the story of wars. We have historians and experts who study what led up to the wars, what weapons were developed and used, who was hurt most by them, and who was considered the winner of the war, and what was done to prepare for the next one. The spaces in between wars are often referred to as peace, but too often they are merely times of sorrow and recovery from the war that was just past, or fear and preparation for the war to come. Precious little peace can be found in human history, but the Bible reveals that the cause of violence goes all the way back to the rebellion of Lucifer, who became known as Satan. Now let's go to Isaiah 14 and read a few verses there, because that's how we find out the origin of sin. Now I believe personally that this is referring to none other than Lucifer. In verse 12, Isaiah 14, we read, How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. You see, World War III will eventually end up in bizarrely ruining the entire earth. But we don't have to worry about that too much because we have a Savior, thank God, for you said of your, or to yourself, "I will ascend to the heavens above, and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high, but instead you will be brought down to the place of the dead. Did you know that Satan is going to die? You are going down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, and this is figurative, probably, Can this be the one who shook the earth, who made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's cities and had no mercy on his prisoners? The kings of the nations lie in stately glory, each in his own tomb. But you, you will be thrown out of your grave like a worthless branch, like a corpse trampled underfoot, and you will be dumped into a mass grave with those who are those killed in battle. You will descend to the pit. You will not be given a proper burial. For you have destroyed your nation, in other words, your people, the ones you have deceived, you have killed and slaughtered your people. The descendants of such an evil person will never again receive any kind of honor. And I added the any kind, but it says receive honor. Kill this man's children. Let them die because of their father's sins. Now that's not the way God said to do human beings. We are not to be punished for our children or our fathers, but each is to suffer for his own sins. They must not rise and conquer, this is verse 21, filling the world with their cities. Unquote. Now you can imagine God's attitude toward this. He has backed off from punishing people for a long, long time. He's very, very patient, not wanting any to perish, but that all should come to repentance and find him and know him and serve him and love him and draw from his wisdom. But that's not what we see today. So what would be his attitude about it? Well, he's going to put up with it until the last minute possible. And then he's going to intervene. Now, that's what we'll find back in Matthew 24. And we'll go back there in a minute. But I wanted you to see chapter 10 or 13 of Isaiah. Here's what it says. For see the day, this is verse 9. The day of the Lord is coming the terrible day of his fury and fierce anger. Well, if you were God, wouldn't you be angry if people and Satan destroy the beautiful creation that he has given us? Well, sure you would. You'd be angry. The land will be made desolate and all the sinners destroyed with it. The heavens will be made black above them and the stars will give no light. The sun will be dark when it rises and the moon will provide no light. That's exactly what we read in Matthew 24, Word for word almost. I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil. That's why we're coming to this. God is angry with people who are making World War III happen, starting with Satan the devil himself, and then all the world rulers who pay attention to what he, not God, but Satan, wants them to pay attention to. And that's the shame. I, the Lord, verse 11, chapter 13, Isaiah will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. I will crush the arrogance of the proud and humble the pride of the mighty. I will make people scarcer than gold, more rare than the fine gold of Ophir. For I will shake the heavens and the earth will move from its place when the Lord of heaven's armies displays his wrath in the day of his fierce anger," unquote. But will that make the whole earth die out? All the people on it go away and never to be recovered again? Let's go back to Matthew 24 and catch a glimpse of what Jesus told us there and see if there's any hope for us. In verse 21, for there will be greater Anguish than at any time since the world began and it will never be so great again. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened not a single person will survive but it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones and hopefully that's you and me. Then if anyone tells you look here's the Messiah, or there he is. No, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. And I don't want you to be one of those who is deceived into thinking that Jesus isn't coming back, that he didn't mean what he said, that he was a liar, and we won't see him ever again it would be hopeless if there were no christ no savior see i have warned you about this ahead of time verse 25 matthew 24 so if someone tells you look the messiah is out in the desert don't go back and look don't go out there or if he if he says look he's hiding in here Don't believe it. Why? Verse 27 For the light, as the lightning flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. Just as the gathering of vultures shows there's a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. We still haven't reached the rapture section of Matthew 24, but we'll get there. We're on our way. We're almost there. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then, at last... You know, this is after the stars are not going to shine. They'll fall from the sky. We'll explain that in a minute. The sun will be darkened. The moon will give no light. And the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So why would the sun grow dark? Why would it be black as night or as midnight at noon? Why would the moon not give its light? Why will the stars fall from the sky? Well, the stars, you know, are suns just like ours. They cannot fall to the earth without us all melting away, turning into vapor. If one star, if our star, let's say our sun fell to the earth, or earth went to the sun by gravity or something, it would go away and amalgamate itself into part of the sun itself. It would melt, killing every living thing. That's not what he's talking about here, in my opinion. But like I've said many times before, the satellites that we have look just like stars at night. If you get out into a place where there's no city lights, You can see them and they travel across the sky. Those can fall. Now some of those are as big as a two-story house and I don't want one to fall on you but hopefully that won't happen to you. But there are over 8,000 live uh, satellites out there today and they're kept in orbit by engineers around the Earth in these substations that have huge arrays of these radio telescopes, beaming signals to retro rockets, which make course adjustments on board and keep them aloft, keep them from hitting one another and falling down to the earth. But when the sun grows dark and the moon will give no light, these stars will fall why because the smoke that's blocking the sun and the moon is going to keep the signals from getting to these uh, retro rockets now where do i get that information chapter 9 and verse 2 gives us a clue of revelation here's what it says the fifth angel verse 1 blew his trumpet and i saw a star that had fallen to the earth from the sky i believe this is satan that's what it's referring to there according to ezekiel 32 verses 7 and 8 and joel 2 verses 2 10 30 and 31 but anyway he says he was given Notice it doesn't say it, it's he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. When he opened it, smoke, this is the smoke I'm referring to that's going to darken the earth. Smoke poured out as though from a huge furnace and the sunlight and the air turned dark from the smoke. Smoke comes from fire, folks, let's just face it. So what's the fuel? What's on fire? 34 verse 9 of Isaiah says this, The streams of Edom, which is in the Middle East, by the way, Saudi Arabia in that area, will be filled with burning pitch. The streams of Edom will be filled with burning pitch. There's going to be an explosion over there, not just one, but hundreds of them, probably nuclear, it's going to blow that sand away. A lot of people don't realize there's oil on top of the ground today. It's been like that for centuries. In fact, all the way back to Genesis, you can read of tar pits that were open to the air. Well, sand blew across in a sandstorm, and these Kings are riding away from Abraham, and they fall in. They fall into these tar pits. They get covered with tar. They can't get out. They die there. That's what happened to them. So these are asphalt. This is oil that is exposed to the atmosphere, causing the hydrogen element to evaporate into the air and become thick like tar. That's what these tar pits are all about. And it tells us right there in verse 9, that's in Edom. That's exactly where it says they are. The valley of, uh, I believe it's called Siddim is where it is in Genesis. But anyway, that's going to catch on fire. This judgment on Edom, verse 10, will never end. The smoke of its burning will rise forever. The land will lie deserted from generation to generation and no one will live there anymore, Unquote. So what have we learned? We've learned that there's oil that has evaporated its hydrogen weapon, uh, uh, hydrogen weapon, hydrogen uh, molecules away. It's thick and it will burn for centuries if it catches fire. We don't want it to be on fire. The smoke, if you've ever seen oil smoke, it burns so dark and black and it rises so high, it will blot out the sun. It's what happened in the Gulf War over there. But thankfully, the henchmen of Sodom and Zain were defeated and... They actually did put these well fires out. These were tiny little well fires, you know, maybe 16 inches across or something like that. Certainly not three and a half miles across. You can imagine what a hydrogen weapon will do. They say that the killing radius is up to 350 miles on some of these weapons, the hydrogen weapons, which, by the way, it takes an atomic blast just to make ignition on a hydrogen weapon and so maybe some of those are going to explode over there and that's why the earth will be blackened and the sun will give no light, the moon won't either and the stars will fall from heaven because that smoke blocks the path of what would have kept them up there through radio signals that's the way I believe the science really works and you can research that you can go on YouTube and learn about it it's all there if you just put it together and think about it a little bit it's right out of the Bible so that's Isaiah 34 verse 9 through 11 and Revelation 9 and verse 2 and Matthew 24 verse 29 Put those three together when you talk about prophecy and you will know more about prophecy than almost anybody else. They're not talking about these things. And that's too bad. They, they don't understand it, so why are they going to try to explain it? They haven't done their homework. But in verse 30, we start to see hope. And then at last the sign that the Son of Man is coming uh, will appear in the heavens and there will be deep mourning among all the people of the earth and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now is this a local event? Hardly. No. They will see Jesus coming. Why? Because the entire earth is now dark. And this bright light suddenly shows up, shows through the clouds. He dissipates the smoke, returns to planet Earth, sets up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and he changes the Earth into a beautiful paradise over the next thousand years. He will be here and rule over every government on the Earth. All of them. They will be his, and he won't rule like we do. He will rule in love. Wow, that's quite a change, quite a difference. So this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. We have a lot to look forward to. Jesus Christ is real. He's not a liar. He is coming back. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com. You can read my eight books for free there. I have nothing for sale. There's not a single ad anywhere. but There's lots of videos and other things to do and see. So until next time, you can go to itellwhy.com. Thanks for tuning in today. I love you guys because you love Jesus. And he is coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords.